1: Welcome to Electric Liberty Land, here on the
2: Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty, with your host, Brian McWilliams.
0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Electric Liberty Land, episode number 24. As the lady said, I am Brian McWilliams, your lovely host and I'm here, I'm uh, joined today with one of your favorite guests, uh, maybe ever, I don't know. He's, he's certainly got a fan base out there, the one and only legal counsel, Rico. Hello, Rico.
1: How did my agent book me on this show again?
0: <laughs> what can and I no say? No breaks for me. <laughs> I've got rumors of him colluding with Russia, and that's all you need in this day and age. <laughs> so speaking of Russia, that is what we're going to start the show with. But before we do start the show... I want to remind everybody that you can find us on Twitter, at Lions of Liberty. You can join our Facebook forum if you want to have Kome discussions. You can do that over at Lions of Liberty. Just type it into Facebook. It'll uh, let you in if you don't look too crazy. And also, guys, you can join our Lions of Liberty Pride, which has all sorts of special content. You can find that by going to lionsofliberty.com forward slash support. And again, the kind of content I put out there, Rico and I actually just recorded our They Live uh, special with Mark, where we basically mystery science theatered over the uh, the movie. So you play it in real time, kind of like you do with Pink Floyd and The Wizard of Oz. So we'll see how that turned out. We got very very drunk. I don't know you, Rico, but I was <laughs> yeah, I was I was, uh, I was a little gone. Yeah, I think I think we all were a little gone by the end of that. So anyway, check that out. So anyway, I do want to start this show off though by talking about uh, obviously the top news of the day, which is Jeff Sessions and his hearing today. So, Rico, I know I didn't have a chance to really watch the whole thing, but I did read some recaps. Getting, you know, these are the middle of the day, so we can't go to bars and watch them like the goddamn hipsters do with James Comey hearing. But did you have a chance to check out any of it? I,
1: I didn't see any of it, except for the clips they were showing just now on the news. And uh, my favorite clip was, I think, Tom Cotton asking Jeff Sessions if he was a, if he was a fan of some spy novels.
0: <laughs> well, so. I, you know It's funny. Like, it was ridiculous, but at the same time, I can at least appreciate where he was getting at, trying to be like, this is insane. Because he said... The guy met, they're, like, they're saying, you know, Sessions met with uh, the Russian secretary to collude, uh, to, to you know, take the election for Trump in the middle of, you know, like, uh, a party or something like that. Right. So, so...
1: Well, he pretty forcefully denied that he had any secret meetings with the Russian ambassador, which was the kind of the rumor for all these last few months, and he seemed pretty pissed off that it had been suggested, so... You'd think that's a pretty strong uh, takeaway from, from the hearing that, well, he, must, uh, he didn't meet with the Russian ambassador privately. Of course, uh, the left seems to be kind of attaching to the fact that he said, I, I do not recall to uh, many, many questions, apparently, Um, Which is
0: funny because Jeff Sessions clearly has a terrible memory, despite the fact that we know he doesn't smoke pot. So we know that's not getting in the way of him remembering anything.
1: (laughs) But considering what happened last time with, uh, I think it was Al Franken asked like a 15 minute soliloquy question and he gave some answer that was correct to a part of the question and maybe incorrect to like one of the first 10 minutes uh, of the question one of the
0: one of the subtitles yeah. or the, uh, the footnotes to the question. So it, it seems to do
1: little good to even testify. I, I guess you have to kind of do the dog and pony show and, and trot, trot out there. And, but uh, yeah, I mean, I thought the big takeaways, well, he didn't um, meet with the Russian ambassador privately. And uh, the other big kind of item that I took away from was he pretty forcefully denied Comey's assertion that he just ignored Comey's um, apparent uh, plea to not leave him alone with Trump again. Or right.
0: And what he also had said, Comey had said that he thought that uh, Sessions should step step away from something or step down or step away from the investigation. And you know, because of because of things that were going on behind the scenes that Comey knew about, and Jeff Sessions basically was like, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But who do you root for in this situation? Well, that's the problem, man. And I, you know, when I was watching what I caught it, parts of it and I, I was looking on Twitter to see reactions. And, and of course, all these liberals, uh, or all these progressives are, are, you know, just can't get enough pleasuring themselves to Senator uh, Kamala Harris, who's one of our California uh, senators. And. I was watching the clip of her, because they're like, oh, she owned Jeff Sessions, and and she got shushed, and how dare they shush a black woman? They didn't shush anybody else. But you watch the clip, and she's literally, she asks him a question, and he starts to respond, and about, you know, five to six seconds in, she interrupts him again with another question. He goes, okay, well, let me, and he goes, well, that is yes or no? Yes or no? And I was like, this most obnoxious, aggressing, aggressive questioning where the guy couldn't get a word in, and there's no circumstance where that would be considered okay, but, you know, these people are now being like, well, you, uh, how dare you even suggest that she shouldn't be able to question like that? It's, it's like, let the guy talk.
1: That's what he, what he has to say. It's all for show. She gets to have her face on the news in front of her constituents who are probably 98% progressives and attacking Jeff Sessions. And I find this trend of whatever side you're on saying they own the other oh, yeah. side from some stupid clip. Every, every side does. And it's beyond obnoxious because it's never owning anything. It's just you, someone acting like a jackass right. <laughs> and sharing your point of view and that equals owning.
0: Well, it also reminded me of a very progressive, and this is why you said, who's who do you root for? And it's so funny because, I mean, God, we, we all hate Jeff Sessions with a passion, but I find myself in that circumstance, that exchange with Kamala Harris, rooting for Jeff Sessions because she was so obnoxious. And I, I'll never forgive her for making me have to take his side even once, even once in my life. But, yeah, man, it's like it's a kind of that progressive thing, though, that she did where she, you know, she asks a question and then doesn't let you finish and then keeps interrupting you and keeps interrupting you. And then by the, and then you get frustrated. And then by you getting frustrated, it's a victory. And then they go, oh, yeah. see, she got to him. He, he's rattled. And it's like, well, <laughs>
1: I mean, what do they what do the left or the Democrats really expect to get out of this is, you know, I wonder because. Clearly, he's not going to say yes. I met with uh, right. Sergey, whatever his face is, yeah. and say, yeah, we. <laughs> I told him how to rig the the voter uh, the ballots, and uh, God, I gave them, gave them all the a, codes. They did a
0: great, <laughs> great job. Trump really only got a hundred thousand votes in the election. But we were trying fair. to do this with uh, all sorts of uh, nations for years, China, but no, Russia really stepped up in the plate. They got yeah. it done. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, that is same thing with like the Comey hearings. Well, anything like after? I, I mean. Uh, I remember Donald Trump responding to Comey and, and all this stuff. And the liberals were like, we need to get Donald Trump out there. He needs to testify. He needs to get under oath. And I'm like, do you really think any president under oath is still, I think they're telling the, the, the total truth oh, ever. If there's, <laughs> if there's ever
1: any president stupid enough to, <laughs> uh, to agree to testify under oath and, and answer every question, it might be Donald Trump. Um,
0: true true but he and he probably would answer honestly too he's the only one that would be dumb enough to answer honestly like if there's like i would say i i don't actually don't think donald trump is a liar i think he believes what he says it's just wrong half of the time
1: well he also then must change what he believes very frequently because he might i don't know you know one of our next topics i guess will be the saudi arabia deal yeah and i believe during the election he was stating quite vehemently that you know, Saudi Arabia may have had some involvement in 9/11. Look at where all the attackers are yep. from. He was no fan of Saudi Arabia, and what does he do in the last few weeks? He uh, agrees to sell a bunch of arms yep. to Saudi
0: Arabia. 110 billion dollars worth of arms to a to a nation that was just uh, confirmed that people can sue Saudi Arabia as a country for the 9/11 hijackers and the terrorists involved, and. Yeah. Uh Rand Paul had wanted to stand up and he was one of the people leading it, and uh, Al Franken voted against it. But they wanted to have a resolution to stop the sell of all those arms to Saudi Arabia, which failed 47 to 53 in the Senate. So that's going to go through. But, <coughs> excuse me, but the point does remain that, you know, why are we giving them all of these arms? Well, we know that that they're, you know, they have supported extremist groups in the past. Well, we know that they have a one of the worst civil rights and one of the worst humanitarian rights records of anybody. I mean, women have no no rights. You've got uh, people getting beheaded and crucified yeah. over there for protesting. And yet we're like, oh, what do you need? $110 billion to go and kill a bunch of Yemeni civilians? Sure.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty mind-boggling, especially because he just had you know what was portrayed as a very cordial and maybe successful meeting with Netanyahu. Uh, I think that was yeah. a few weeks ago. So it's we- kind of odd that he would Whatever they talked about, I'm sure it wasn't, hey, uh, go give Saudi Arabia a bunch of high-grade weapons that we're going to have to develop better
0: weapons against. Right, which is what Rand Paul was saying that, too. He was saying that Israel, he's like, well, you know, anytime we give Saudi Arabia weapons, now Israel is going to have to ramp up their weapons. Which, meanwhile, we give them a lot of weapons anyway. And is it does Does that sound like a, a dream come true for the military-industrial complex? Uh,
1: absolutely. That's got to be one of the driving forces behind it. And, and you wonder how much of an influence they have in the Trump administration so far because he seemed to be much uh, less bellicose during his campaign than he than he is once he got into office he he seems to be much more hungry for for war and a few different spheres so a little bit concerning i think the uh Saudi Arabia deal is. But that that resolution wasn't going to affect anything anyways. It would have had to go through the House and uh, Trump would have had to not veto his own deal that he made. So it was for show. But I did see, I think you referenced Al Franken had a similar resolution last year and that one failed uh, 27 to 71. Mm -hmm. And so this one was much closer and and hopefully shows a, a shift in both our Attitudes as a nation, and more importantly, in the Senate, what they're going to, you know, hold the president
0: to. Yeah, hopefully, man. Well, here, real quick, I want to get back to Comey before we move on to another topic, just because I want to get your take on something very specific in those hearings. I mean, they've been talked about forever, but one of the things that I couldn't get over, and I did a, a, hot, a drunken hot take after we recorded our "They Live" thing, so uh, our Pride members got to hear my entire take on this, except for something I'm just going to bring up now, but. As a lawyer, Rico, I want to ask you a question because I, one of the things I was blown away by in the Coma hearings is that he meets with Donald Trump. Then after meeting with Trump, he's like, well, you know, and I had to, I had to take notes down because I know Trump, he's a, he's a liar. So I wanted to write down, uh, you know, notes so I could, I could prove that, you know, what he was saying would be wrong. And I'm like, how the hell does that prove anything? That's just hearsay. That's just you saying that I, you heard something and you uh, remember it in one way. And then he deleted the memos. By the way, yeah. Well, <laughs>
1: before you, you get to the deleted memo part, um, I kind of had the same thought as you. But believe it or not, um, the memos actually have more than zero weight because they are kind of a, a contemporaneous an account of what happened, and so it's it, it is persuasive evidence to the court in some situations absent um, a contrary memo. So if Comey is writing a memo immediately after the event, and I'm sure Trump was not writing a memo after the event, then there's only one memo. And it's not Comey writing a memo, um, you know, two months later. It's right after the event. And, you know, shrewdly he's thinking, okay, well, if this ever comes, Mm -hmm. you know, shit hits the fan and, I want my story to have more weight than Trump's. And it would anyways, because Trump's not really thought not to very be much like Yeah. But the fact that he recorded this memo, um, contemporaneously almost, does have some legal weight. Um, but
0: but then if and, he deletes but if then he deleted the memos and no one's seen them. This is like the this is like the uh the yeah. Lutheran uh yeah, well, that, <laughs> that they covered on South Park that, where that, he, he saw the golden tablets, but and he wrote down the shit, but nobody can confirm yeah. what he wrote down because no one else gets to see it. Well, th- that becomes a problem because you <laughs> do
1: have to produce the memos. Um So I'm wondering, okay, well, how did he he
0: leaked his own memo? Well, but...
1: how did he leak his own deleted memo?
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing he said. And this I was reading into this is that. The guy, he had, he had a friend leak the memo to a reporter at the New York Times, but even that was like, the guy didn't actually send the memo to anybody. He, yeah. he like read, read it. it to him or recited it to him. So again, yeah, who's who's this, seen these this memos? It seems and like a,
1: third degree, fourth degree hearsay. Right.
0: Like I told myself, uh,
1: I remember this conversation I wrote <laughs> down and now I'm telling someone else and they're going to tell someone else. It's like, all right, this is this is beginning to be a joke. Yeah. Um, the thing that I was really kind of, irked by with Comey with this whole situation is, okay, I can see writing a memo, but if he's been in kind of the law and enforcement field or whatever you want to call it for decades.
0: Well, not even and law if, enforcement, though. Well, he was in the Clinton's yeah, pocket for decades. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: that, that's also another issue and true. But he apparently never wrote memos before. So I can see if this yeah. is a customary practice for him to do. Okay. But to do it in only one situation, it just reeks of, um, you know, a personal agenda, which I think this whole thing was clearly because he seemed to be annoyed and he uh, ranted against the uh, besmirching of the pristine reputation of both himself and the FBI by Trump. Like, Fuck the FBI. <laughs> Why are they so? They're not some uh, bastion of
0: virtue. And then God gave us the FBI, and they came I, down on high with wings of gold.
1: Uh, seriously, like they've never done any shady shit. Uh, please, I, uh, I
0: don't know. Martin Luther King uh, might come to mind. Uh, yeah, getting here trying to frame him for sect for cheating on his wife.
1: It's it's unbelievable that he would think that. the Well, maybe most people do think of the FBI as some uh, noble. And I, I'm not going to say like you know everyone in the FBI is you know I'm sure there's well, many look, man, many good people. I Google, really but... <laughs> like
0: the X Files, and that was part of the FBI. So, yeah.
1: but to say you know I'm sure the rank and file FBI are all mostly good guys, but the, the leadership, I mean, come on, I, I have a very I'm very suspicious that they're all very these 100% noble, virtuous creatures. So
0: right, and, and I love too, by the way, that he's he's. Uh, said he was scared of Trump in the meeting. And by the way, he called me 6'8". Yeah. (laughs) And also, but I also liked that he, you know, he had the opportunity to go and tell somebody what the president had done immediately and said, oh, I feel like he was pressuring me to do this or that. I felt like he was uh, obstructing justice. And he didn't tell anybody, didn't say anything. He just made his little notes. And they asked him why he didn't say anything. He's like, well, I don't, maybe I'm just weak. It's like, well, Maybe you should be fired from the yeah. fucking director of the FBI position now. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Way to fire the weak director of the <laughs> FBI. Good job.
0: Right? I mean, God, the guy sounds like he's a comment. He's leaking memos to the yeah. press. He's too weak to stand up for what's right and tell you you're obstructing justice. Why should you not be fired?
1: I actually had a really annoying conversation with my dad about this uh, the day it happened because I was bringing up this point, too. I'm like, if he was so concerned about Trump kind of obstructing justice, why didn't he tell anyone? And my dad's like, whoa, there was no one to tell. Like, he, he's a lifelong Republican, but he just hates Trump. So he's like right. on the leftist train of thought here. He's like, well, he, he couldn't tell Sessions because he was recruited and, and the deputy director wasn't, uh, confirmed yet, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, he, he, he did tell other, he told senior officials in the FBI. And I'm like, <laughs> are you fucking kidding me here? You're going to say eat more senior officials, quote unquote. Yeah. Like, it, it just reeks of, you know, what he, he's, he couldn't figure out who to tell. He's the director of the FBI. He can't. <laughs> so I'm going to have to tell this to my lackeys or something. And, and they're never going to be named or confirmed. Right. Either. So it's the whole thing was a joke.
0: Yeah, that was insane. And of course, everybody still uh, wants to ignore the mainstream media. Seal seems to be ignoring this whole. I mean, the biggest thing for me to come out of that whole thing was the fact that he basically confirmed that Loretta Lynch met with Bill Clinton on the plane. And as a direct result of that meeting, asked him to completely reconfigure the way he talked about hillary clinton and basically deny that she was under investigation say that it was a quote-unquote matter uh and that it was uh some some other ridiculous term it was a happening like that terrible m night Shyamalan movie (laughs) and you know it's like so nobody wants to talk about how ridiculous that is how how unbelievable that is that that would be something that loretta lynch would do and that this occurred with a presidential candidate, and she was under investigation, and we, and he misrepresented that to the public?
1: Why did he have a memo of his conversation with Loretta Lynch?
0: That would have been nice. Yeah.
1: And, <laughs> and the, only, the most clear thing is, if you want someone in the FBI that... Will let you obstruct justice. James Comey's a man, apparently, oh, because clearly. he lets the Obama administration obstruct justice. He lets the Trump administration obstruct justice. So
0: he let Bill Clinton uh, <laughs> and that uh, God, who is the guy's name that, that was involved in the whole scandal where he was stealing oil to oh, yeah. countries under Bill Clinton's watch, and Comey right. headed up he was his like his lawyer headed up the investigation or something, let that yeah. go way back when. Then he came in at HSBC after they were uh involved with. Again, making all these crazy payments to to foreign entities, and and you know, is again involved with the Clintons. Like he's just been involved in scandal after scandal, where he's looked the other way and let things just go along to go along with the power of players. But God forbid, not that I'm saying he should look the other way with Trump, but you know, now he's now he's uh, he's Johnny uh, Johnny Do right. Yeah, they,
1: just let's you know, it's either time to shit or get off the pot with this whole Russia investigation. God Produce damn right. something or or not. or or there's nothing there because they, you know, he said they've started the investigation last July. Yeah. So we're getting on a year and there isn't anything. So like, seriously, how long are these stories going to play out? It's it's all just for show. And it's just, Right, Coming, nothing's accomplished
0: yeah. in any of these hearings. It, nothing's revealed, and everything that would be really go off has got to be private. Like, I was just watching uh, Got Home, and Rico's actually next to me. He's in studio today. But, uh, so I
1: had no choice but to do the show. Yeah, was
0: pretty forced. much. Pretty much. I was like, You want to ride to the airport? Sit down. <laughs> Sit down and give me your take on Comic. But uh, I was watching Tucker Carlson. I got home and I flipped it on. And because uh, I, I like Tucker. I think he does a good job with interviews. But he had this crazy progressive on. that was just harping on that. Do you read the newspapers? 17 agencies. is like, that was not what they said a year ago. Like, yeah. like that was back in yeah. the Hillary Clinton was still uh, possibly could win this thing. And yes, yeah, still nothing. Still no evidence. I, it's just, yeah, get over it. Enough of this already. Well, it's never going to be dropped.
1: But I think people's interests are going to eventually wane. Because well, Trump's got
0: to do something really awful again, okay, yeah, get us yeah. moved on as a country. Uh, okay. Well,
1: <laughs> All right. It's going to send Dennis Rodman over with some nukes to uh, North Korea and <laughs> oh, solve God. the problem.
0: How great would it be if Dennis Rodman assassinated Kim Jong un? <laughs> I'm just thinking, of while he's going over there, how funny would it be? Have you you've seen, God, uh, oh, my, my dog's barking. I'm going to kill that dog. Uh, no, have you seen. Uh, God, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Of course, I have. It's a fantastic film. Yeah. So all I can't help thinking about is how great it would be if Kim Jong Un rode Dinus Rodman around like the little retarded guy, or the, the little midget rode the retarded guy around, yelling Who'll "Hoorah, a Town!" <laughs> That'd be awesome. I had not had that thought, but I suppose it would be amusing. Oh, it'd be great. He could fight all of his uh, all of his generals instead of shooting any aircraft guns at him. He could jump around the Thunderdome riding Dennis Rodman and hack him up with chainsaws. That'd be awesome, man. Uh, well, I think we're we're going down a weird path here. I'm <laughs> just saying, Korean, North Korean <laughs> reality TV. I would never stop watching it. All right, next thing I want to talk about this a little bit because it was just Gay Pride Week, which means there were Gay Pride parades all over the nation. Yeah, there's a huge one here in L.A., of course. But what ended up happening, predictably, I would say, is that. Instead of being a celebration of all inclusiveness, instead of being a celebration of people of different views coming together and basically like, hey, great, you know, we're having this parade. Gay marriage is is widely accepted now. Gay rights have been are are better off now than they ever been ever in this country. Instead of celebrating and, and, you know, welcoming people in, what ended up happening was that, like, for example, in Charlotte at Charlotte Pride, gay Trump supporters showed up. And again, these are openly gay, supporters of Donald Trump, they showed up and they wanted to march in the parade and they were not permitted to march in the parade. They were told to get the hell out of there because, you know, they were uh, apparently uh, peddling hate. And in L.A., they had, of course, the hashtag resistance people. So instead of being a gay pride parade, it became a resistance parade. And this is what uh, a quote from L.A. Weekly said. The Resist March was built around the concept of standing in solidarity for all human rights, explains Brian Pendleton, a csw board member i don't know what that means the march is meant to be a celebration of humanity that is all part and parcel of the lgbtq community we are immigrants we are women we are seniors we are communities of color and on and on very few communities encompass so many different types of americans so again supposed to be a celebration of humanity all all people solidarity yet unless unless you like donald trump and then uh, get the fuck out of here yeah um,
1: it's, it's kind of ironic because there is actually a, well, a couple 20 years ago or so, there was a Supreme Court case where the, um, I believe it was uh, the a gay pride group uh, sued one of the, uh, maybe the New York, some kind of St. Patrick's Day parade
0: because they uh, were no, not, probably Boston. Or, uh, this is probably Boston St. So, Patrick's Day. So yeah. they
1: were suing to be included in that parade, and now they're excluding. So right. <laughs> it seems uh, the shoe has dropped, and they've gained a little bit of power. So
0: yeah, yeah, yeah I do guys? love how that works. So as soon as they, as soon as the people get get the power, then they start. Picking and choosing who, who's invited this exclusive event. So,
1: so it would be interesting to see, like, what their main gripes with Trump are. Because he is, you know, not perfect, I guess, in the uh, LGBTQ plus world. Um, he, I think their principal thing on that is he hasn't or he has kind of cut federal funding to fight, um, I guess, uh, certain enforcements of, you know, discrimination
0: right and i know he was he's a supporter of the religious freedom uh laws that are put into place where people aren't going to be forced to make basically but won't be forced to bake the gay cake you know right but and, and yeah. also he's rolled back some of the protections for transgender students that it were right. that or obama's letter saying you let them use which i'm honestly for uh, and that's a whole other conversation we can have but
1: yeah i mean but in in other ways, he's been pretty friendly to the uh, gay community and yeah. and supportive of gay marriage. Well before you know Hillary Clinton or Obama was.
0: He's the only president to yeah. ever take office that supports gay marriage.
1: So it's it's <laughs> interesting they're so resistant to him. It it seems like some of his policies are just we're not going to spend federal money on this. Not that like we want discrimination, but right. it seems like you're not as you know 20, 30 years ago the gay population was. I would argue much more systematically discriminated against than they are now. There's a much more uh, widespread so, uh, i don't know what I call it, social tolerance for the yeah. gay community, but I don't think people really think like, oh, my God, it's a gay person or a gay wedding or, oh, my no, God, they're, they're married. Very people are, are very accepting of the gay community now. So, you know, I think the level of discrimination is much less and, you know, certainly not perfect. I, I would I guess they think it's far from perfect, but it, we've come a long way as a society. And do we need uh, the, uh, federal funding for, for all these certain programs? So, right, you know, I don't know. They seem to be picking uh, new battles that they don't need to be picking.
0: Well, yeah. I agree with you. And and it's it, what it comes down around to me is like a lot of people become this – you know, they, they get pressured by friends. And again, I blame social media for a lot of this because a lot of this anti-Trump uh, rhetoric from from people are LGBTQ, obviously the tea part I can understand since uh, they want the bathrooms, but, um, you know, it's pressure from their friends. Everybody wants to go and they, they're, most gay people are friends with progressives and that, you know, they, they may have some people that are conservative they're friends with, but a lot of them are friends with progressives and probably all progressives. So when they see everybody jumping on the anti-Trump bandwagon, what are they going to do? They're going to jump in with their friends and make it a big thing. And then once it gets steamrolled or once it gets uh, snowballing, you know, there's no stopping.
1: Aren't they, isn't this kind of counterproductive as well? Because you'd think, okay, well, they have a common bond in that, you know, the fellow members of the gay community, um, they can, you know, meet on some issues and then have a, a real kind of discussion and try to change you know, Trump supporters minds, like, why do they have to think, oh, my God, you're a Trump supporter, you're a piece of shit, right? You know, no, I mean, like, okay, we disagree on some issues. But you know what, this is where I think you're wrong at. And for these reasons, and, and just kicking um Trump gay supporters out of the parade,
0: right? And that's not going to accomplish the goal. No, it's going to accomplish nothing. And also, if it, it, you look at it this way, too. Okay, if there's one day, look, hate each other the rest of the year, but if there's one day you should be able to come together and just say, all right, we're, you know, we're just going to be proud and we're going to be, you know, gay and we're going to march and we're going to enjoy ourselves. Shouldn't that be the day? I I, mean, I would
1: think, (laughs) but you know, I've never been invited. So I I don't know. They're excluding me too.
0: Me neither, my (laughs) friend, me neither. All right. Next thing I want to talk about is, uh, this ties into kind of more of this, this madness that's going on. But I want to talk about Evergreen College. Uh, Are you familiar with this story uh, at all? Uh, Not really. (laughs) No? All right. Well, I'll break it down. I think a lot of our listeners probably are familiar with it. But let me tell you what happened. You can give me your take. So basically what's been going on is there was a professor named Brett Weinstein there. And I apologize if I'm mispronouncing his name. It might be Weinstein. I think it's Weinstein. But Brett Weinstein was a uh, professor of, I believe it was biology or sociology, and he had, you know, gotten this email and they have a, a day of it's supposed to be like a day of abstinence. And every every year they have it. And it was essentially to show how necessary people of color were to the campus, to wait, the everyday wait. function.
1: Abstinence. or not
0: <laughs> Absence. <laughs> okay. Whoops. Freudian slip there. Sorry, a day of absence, not absence. No one's getting laid. <laughs> okay, no, day of absence. So what happened is people of color would be, you know, they'd say, okay, we're encouraging you to not come to campus so that everybody can see just how necessary you are to campus life, how much you'll be missed, et cetera. Voluntary thing. Everybody else just come to campus as usual. So this year, this organizer, the organizing group of it, which clearly is, uh, you know, people of color. And I believe it was a black woman, uh, black student. But he, you know, this email goes out from this group, and he responds, and and basically, the email had said, "We want for the day of absence this year for all people that are not of color to stay off of campus, all teachers, all students. So you guys are not allowed on campus, essentially." So he wrote back and he said, "Yeah, that's that's crazy. I, I mean, look, I'm I'm supportive of of your mission. You know, I don't want to come across as being flippant. I'm I'm supportive of it, but." I, there's a difference between asking somebody to voluntarily um, leave campus to, to show how they would be missed and telling people that they're not welcome on campus for this day and I don't agree with it but I'm happy to talk to you more about it and whatever so people show up he shows up some other students that are white show up and nothing happens for about a month then a month after this this initial thing happened about thirty to fifty angry students show up in a mob and start yelling and screaming at him and you know, shouting in his face, and he's trying to talk to him. But as we've seen with a lot of progressives, there's no speaking to people at times. It's just simply you're being yelled at, and uh, they don't want to hear what you have to say, and they're just going to shout you down, and that's what happened. And it became to the point where he got—it's like people are, are violent. There, are, There's threats against him. There's um, you know, students marching and yelling outside the dean's office and calling for him to be fired. And again, all over this minor incident, which which he treated very respectfully.
1: This seems a little, a little bizarre because I don't know. You'd think if, and, and maybe I don't, I don't know anything about the college. It would seem like uh, minority students would learn of the terrible um, policies of this college and elect to go somewhere else.
0: You would, you would think so. <laughs> I, I'm
1: reading, I'm reading the story, and, and perhaps this just means how out of touch I am. But one of the complaints is that. Black, trans, disabled students are actively being sought out and confronted by campus police yeah. on a constant <laughs> basis. Now, that I seems that. like a very, very uh, discreet subset of the population. Yep. And, Especially the disabled students. Uh, yeah. Black, the cops, trans, the cops. disabled students. <laughs> right. Like,
0: They're messing with James. How how many? I mean,
1: maybe there's a lot. I I don't know. It just seems like it would be a very small number. (laughs) And, uh, like, I mean, a few incidents can just completely distort whatever um, kind of statistical bases they're relying on. But that's kind of bizarre. and. And they're calling all the teachers racist? I'm very skeptical about that. Yeah,
0: and especially they're calling him racist. And he had, you know, his past, if you look at all his history, it's actually fighting for racial equality. When he was back in a different position, he had left a a position because he felt that uh, the institution was expressing racism. So, again, it's all making this massive issue and not wanting to hear any sort of response from the other side. And there's teachers that are calling for his ouster, too. And, of course, the school's not not in any way supporting him. Other teachers that he's friends with are too cowardly to, to stand up and say, this is crazy. This has to stop. But I mean, and again, these students, none of these students are getting kicked out despite the fact that they've literally they're, they're coming up and I mean, physically intimidating. They're, they're not letting him come on campus. They canceled a few days of school because they said, well, it's not safe for you.
1: Just the method is, is just so out of line. It seems to me, um, if you're all so upset with the policies of the school, well, we, I mean, certainly uh, protesting is is a valid thing, but just becoming violent, um, you, you can also just leave the school, and and that would pretty uh, that would hit them in the pocketbook, right. and that would send a, a very strong message. And and if there was a report of you know, hundreds or thousands of students leaving t- because of the policies of this particular college, guess what? That college is not going to do well recruiting incoming students. They're going to be bending over backwards to, you know, ease the concerns of, you know, whatever, whatever policies that are affecting or, or discriminating against because the social media backlash would be huge. Um, but that's just
0: not the tack they took. Right, but also, I, I just I can't stand the fact that they're, again, yeah, getting violent, but the lack of dialogue, the lack right. of willingness to actually consider any other point of view in this mob mentality is sickening. And, and you look at this guy, I mean, the college hasn't fired him yet, but if they do, is he going to be able to get a job anywhere? Probably not. And all because of this, and again, I don't see how you can legitimately, from a neutral perspective, read the actual email he sent. And I'll link to the story in the show notes, which again, you can find at lionsofliberty.com forward slash E L L two four. But I'll link to this this initial uh, email, but you cannot legitimately read it and say that he said anything offensive, that he did was anything but utterly respectful. And the argument he made makes complete and total sense.
1: I, I would love to know what they they think is
0: racist. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean if this is if this is what sets you off, my God. Uh, touchy feely. Uh, yeah. It's a real world. It's going to be oh, tough. Speaking of touchy feely, that's a great segue. So tell you what I want to do. I want to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, I'm going to uh, to wrap up with uh, something that really I think is really really funny and uh, funny and tragic at the same time. So I want to talk about. It.
2: I firmly believe one of the most important things you can do to protect yourself and your loved ones is to own a firearm. But for a lot of people, buying a gun can be an overwhelming process. There are just so many options, and not everyone feels comfortable walking into a gun store. Well, our friends at martinarmory.com are doing their part to change that. Martin Armory was founded with a simple goal, to make buying a gun simple and affordable. Instead of carrying thousands of different guns, MartinArmory.com only carries 25. This allows them to focus on providing the most popular guns on the market at insanely cheap prices. And now, for a limited time, their prices are even more insane, as MartinArmory.com is offering Lions of Liberty listeners free shipping. Simply go to MartinArmory.com, pick an awesome gun, and enter the promo code LIONS. Again, that's MartinArmory.com. The promo code is LIONS.
0: All right, and we are back, everybody. I definitely, I gotta say, I'm, I'm excited about the new sponsor, Martin Armory. I am uh, personally, the the gun I'm looking at is uh, the 357, a uh, little 3.5 inch 357. Rico, do you have a specific gun that you prefer? Uh, no, the PPK on double. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love that. I used, to, I used to be able to shoot people right in the head, uh, knock them dead. I never, I never beat you. No, still I'm still a sore spot. <laughs> All right, so welcome back, guys. Please do check out our sponsor there. We're excited to have him on. So here's what I want to talk about here. And, uh, it really cracked me up, but I have a, you know, I do stand up comedy and I have a comedian friend named Dana Moon. You can look her up, follow her on Twitter. She's liberal. I don't want you to give her any shit, but, uh, but she's really a very funny girl. So she had a tweet and basically here's what, here's what she said. A man who makes a living giving inspirational speeches on respecting and loving females like the, quote, divine goddesses, end quote, they are, out of nowhere just sent me a snapchat of him jerking off. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. I can not. <laughs> okay, so uh, in regards to that. I saw that I had to laugh because ha 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 male feminists. And the reason I had to laugh is because I think this is far more common than people think. So Rico, what's your take on it? Are, are guys who are overtly super feminists, do they really believe in the cause or are they simply using it as a way to slide their way into some vaginas?
1: Based upon my statistical analysis of this one person, <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah, the latter. Um, I don't really know personally any uh, super hardcore, inspirational-speaking feminists, so it would be, it'd be hard for me to generalize. Maybe some actually believe it. Maybe others just like to send jerk-off. Snapchat. Maybe. I don't, I don't know.
0: I don't know, because it, it, it harkens back to I think I was listening to Jordan Peterson on Joe Rogan, but he was talking about this and how he feels uh, you know, and again, Peterson's kind of a, I think he's a, also a biologist, but he was talking about this and and saying it's a, it's a very common thing that actually happens because when I mean, you do think about it, you've got these men and I'm not going to, like, I don't want to go out of my way to bash feminist men, because I'm sure a lot of them really, I'm sure a lot of them believe in the cause. But at the same time, there's a lot of these guys who, maybe they're not the alpha males, maybe they're more betas, or, uh, I don't know, satas, I don't know what you say with the C, but uh, deltas. Char- C is a Charlie. Charlies? Yeah. I have. <laughs> they're Charlie males. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, anyway, you got these beta Charlie deltas. And... I, and you know, he's saying that this, this is a way for them to compete. You know, our evolutionary mindset t- kicks in where you want to get laid. You want to get up in there. And so you say, okay, what's the best way for me to do this? Well, I can, I can get on their side. I can worm my way in and become a, a friend and an ally for this cause and, and make them think that I'm sensitive and all for them. And then I can worm my way in there. And, uh, and and, and when they're least expecting it, boom, I pounce and I'm out of the friend zone and I'm into the, the sweet sauce that is the the female body. <sighs>
1: It's definitely one strategy. It kind of like it's like the evolutionary kind of uh the guy in Animal House who who's strumming the guitar He's right. singing these very I gave my love. dainty songs and he's got like a bunch of chicks around him and you know, that was the feminist fifty years ago and now it's uh inspirational speakers and they're selling okay. Snapchats. Well so. wait,
0: look at the Animal Kingdom, right? It reminds me of I was watching some I think it was like oh, Mother Nature uh Planet Earth and there's the big the big elephant seal, he's got all the ladies, all the, all the hot seal chicks are after him because he's the number one. But then you got these little sneaky seals. And as soon as that guy's uh, out of the way, they like, Oh, I got to get in there. And they sneak in when he's not looking and they try to find any way to have sex. I, I honestly do think that it happens a lot more than we'd like to think and that a lot more than women would like to think because look, at the end of the day, guys are still guys. Even though you put on a feminist mantle, I think your base instinct to be like, you know, I really would like to have sex with a lot of these women. I'm all for women's rights, but I also am all for having a lot of sex. Yeah. Well, he's just throwing it out
1: there and he's saying, you know, you don't like it, send it right back. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what you did. Well, I think she was hoping, uh, I, th- I think this guy was hoping that Dana would send something right back. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, what he got was a lot of scorn instead so, I want to know who it is. I, I do, too. I don't know why she didn't out him. I, I, somebody, had, If I was uh, sending something like that or sent something like that, and it was somebody that was a public figure, I would definitely be like, uh, hey, a Johnny Divine Goddess over there just sent me his schlong, and I'd like everybody to see it's it. It's
1: up on, uh, I uploaded it to YouPorn. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Here, with his home address.
0: <laughs> right. So, anyway. All right. I think that's it. Anything you want to bring up, Rico? Anything special you want to share with the audience? No. Okie (laughs) dokie. Artichokies. All right, cool. Well, guys, thank you for joining us on this edition of Electric Liberty Land. I want to once again remind you, follow us on Twitter at Lions of Liberty. Listen to Mark Clare on Mondays with his in-depth interviews with visionaries of the movement and very special show coming up on this next Monday, guys. It's going to be the 300th episode. You do not want to miss it. Mark's got some amazing guests that are going to be in studio with him. So check that out. Odie. John Odie Odermat on Felony Fridays is fantastic. And like I said, please do support the show. Give us a review on iTunes. Uh, that really helps. Check out the t-shirts, lionsofliberty.store. We have some awesome shirts from Dan Smots, our good friend and uh, designer. And, of course, you can support the podcast through our, our uh, Podbean patrons program. Everything does help. We're trying to grow this show, and uh, your liberty dollars will be put to work. Basically doing more of this. (laughs) Sending Uh, us to Vegas again. Yeah. (laughs) God, I wish. All right, guys. So thank you so much for me, Brian McWilliams, from our legal advisor, Rico, from the Lions of Liberty. Always stay plugged in to liberty.